R E A R E A R E A R E A Audio Reemployability. Welcome everybody to REA Audio. My name is Todd Loomis, and in this episode, we have a very, very special guy. I know all of our guests are special, but this one is super duper special. Crystal Hundley is the HR director for Reemployability, and Crystal's going to talk to us about how risk and human resources really go hand in hand, and some of the things that she's learned in the past that really could make your life a little bit easier. So Crystal, thank you for coming in and talking to us. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Um, it's fun right now to be in the HR field yeah. with this uh, crazy time. Is it fun really? I mean, you don't have to lie. Everybody out there knows exactly what so you're So no, about. no, it's not been fun. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> so before we get into that, tell us a little bit about what is your background? How did you get into HR? All right. Um, well, I am the proud wife of a Marine veteran, a retired Marine for after 21 years. Um, he and I and our two kids traveled the country and uh, overseas for his career, which meant that I got to change jobs pretty frequently. <laughs> Not by choice, but just by the nature of uh, the military lifestyle. Um, that really helped create a diverse professional background that um, that I wasn't necessarily seeking, but it certainly happened. So I had 10 years with the federal government working with military service members and their families, um, helping them with professional and personal development courses. I then got into leadership for our service members. Um, I also have a background in working with um, retail as well as um, the public sector. So we, um, you know, I find myself kind of having experiences in everything. And, you know, my background also includes my education. I have a bachelor's degree in human resource management, mm -hmm. I have my MBA, and I also have my senior certified professional from SHRM. All of that, why? Because I love people. I love helping people. I love serving people. So um, I feel like my background's kind of set me up for this. Well, we can absolutely tell that. Yeah. yeah. You brought a, a great spark of life to our to our company here, and we appreciate you so much being here. Thanks. So all that education and all that experience, yeah. and I'm sure that there was like a, a, a semester-long course on how to deal with people during a pandemic. Right. When there's also social flux happening and all kinds of other things. That's right. right that's right. Is that yeah. what it was called? Right. Uh, no, oh. that's what I, I actually have mentioned that multiple times that I was prepared for so many different factors in HR and um, COVID HR was not one of them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, what have you drawn from to help you uh, really navigate what we've been navigating these past 18 months? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I think there's, um, there's nothing that really compares to what we're dealing with um, in totality. But uh, most recently in my career, um, September 2018, Hurricane Florence came through um, while we were stationed in Eastern North Carolina. It hit as a category one. Um, I was working as an HR manager for Lowe's Home Improvement at the time. And um, our store, the roof was uh, was severely damaged. The product inside was damaged, uh, millions of dollars. Um, water damage, mold damage. Uh, but then our, our employees, their homes, over half of our employees had significant damage to their homes. So now we are, I was facing this, um, this time where we have, you know, water flooding issues, people's water's not working, their electricity's not working. Um, unemployment due to businesses totally collapsing 
Um, and, and then, oh, by the way, work. Mm-hmm. And so I found that that experience um, where I, I truly saw HR bleed outside of the, the walls of the business and focus on people um, as a whole component, the mm-hmm. whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they were carrying around such weight day to day as we were expecting them to smile for customers. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's really what um, what I'm seeing now is that, the, like you mentioned, there's the social unrest, there is financial concerns, there is health concerns, there are so many unknowns, and we're watching as people are carrying that with them day after day. Um, and in the workplace, you know, we're hoping that they still are performing at their peak. Well, you know, as a as a professional for you know twenty plus years, I've I've always heard you know you separate work from life, right? right. You, you bad things happen at home, but you got to come into work and like you said, smile for customers, right? right? Everything that we do is so customer focused, especially here at Reemployability. Um, how do you deal with people who? Obviously, because of all the things, you know, this roller coaster, right? That's we right. think we're cr- crawling out of COVID and then we get hit with the Delta variant and we feel like things are getting normal, you know, socially. And then there's an election and, and there's so many divisive things that are in people's heads. What sort of strategies do you use knowing that people are going to bring their outside life into the world now, you know, especially when we're, we got people working from home, right? So there isn't even, you can't even get in the car to separate it anymore. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's, uh, that's a really good point is that I have not ever really been the one that believes that you leave um, any part of yourself outside the workplace. I think we bring our whole selves to work, right? The reason we come to work is to support the life that we left back at home. (laughs) So our people are bringing um, their whole selves and we have to learn how to support the entire employee. And I think that's some of the the things that they're looking for. They're looking for flexibility. They're looking for inclusion. They're looking for peace um, and comfort in their work environment Mm -hmm. because perhaps what they're dealing with um, at home is, is much more stressful than the workplace. And it didn't used to be like that, mm-hmm. I don't think. I think perhaps it was, um, you know, a little more balanced. And so I think as an employer, we, we need to focus on that, recognize that people are bringing their whole selves to work, the stress, sometimes the trauma, mm-hmm. and and create that healthy work environment so that people are comfortable coming yeah. in as they are. So what does that mean though, healthy work environment? Yeah. I mean, that's tough because you have to balance those things and, and making sure people are comfortable at what they're doing, but you also have to make sure they're productive. That's exactly right. So how do you do that? What's the magic pill? Right, the magic pill. So I think there's a lot of researchers out there that have lists for days of exactly what to do. Um, and, and I don't know that any one of them are the magic pill. I think it's about keeping your employees happy. Mm-hmm. Well, how, how do you do that? Sometimes it's a pay raise. Sometimes it's flexibility. Sometimes it's an ice cream social. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but happiness is really the key. So identifying for your workplace culture, what is it that creates happy employees? Happy employees create happy customers. Mm-hmm. Happy employees go home to happy families. And oh, by the way, happy employees are more productive than unhappy. Yeah. So it's a win all the way around. So I, I don't know that there's a magic pill. It really depends on the, the workplace, the, the industry perhaps, the jobs um, and the culture of that company on, on what would 
create happiness for the workforce. I, I remember hearing a story one time, I've never experienced this, but I did hear it at, at Apple stores. Like Apple always focused very strongly on their employees. That's and right. I had heard that there was, when an employee would celebrate a milestone with Apple at their Apple stores, they would actually stop, all the employees would stop what they were doing, stop serving the customer, which like in my mind is like, oh my gosh, you don't do that, but would stop and turn around and acknowledge that employee and everybody would clap and then they'd go back to the customer. Right. They were truly employee focused, understanding what you just said. That's right. right. As the employee gets happy and is, and is at peace at what they do, that's going to trickle down. Absolutely. To, to the, and I think a customer. lot of companies have, um, have recognized the value in that mm -hmm. and are really Really celebrating the successes mm -hmm. as they focus on their employees. The pandemic has provided a great opportunity where we want to balance productivity for mm -hmm. our customers. We want to be there and, and provide the products or services that, that we come to market for. Um, but we have to do that while taking care of the very people who are providing that service, perhaps. Um, and if, we're, if we don't do it well, we're going under. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so we've got to make sure that we're taking care of our people um, in every aspect that we can. One of the things that we highlight when we talk to new employers with our program here at Reemployability is communication. How important communication is um, when you're speaking with an injured worker about putting somebody into our program, but but really anything. So how do we find out what it is that truly makes employees happy? I mean, we have a diverse workforce here and, and we're not a huge company. So can you talk a little bit about communication strategies and, and some of the things that you've learned in your experience? Absolutely. I think, um, I think you hit it right on. It's communicating. It's asking, talking to people, getting to know the people who are working for you and with you. Um, there is not a one-size-fits-all employee engagement booster. It doesn't exist, mm -hmm. right? So that's why even in your planning for employee engagement, it needs to be diverse. It needs to be something that um, may not appeal to everybody, but the entire plan will hopefully appeal to all. Mm -hmm. So you only get to know what that is by getting to know your people. And, you know, I think whenever somebody recognizes that their employer believes in them, believes that what they do matters, thanks them, um, then even if you miss the mark with that ice cream social, for, mm -hmm. for example, um, the employee still feels valued. They go home knowing that what they did that day mattered and that they were recognized for it. So maintaining communication, maintaining honesty and transparency in the day-to-day, -day, um, what's going on, what's going well, um, treating adults as adults. And I think that's something that, that we really have a hard time doing, especially as we have all the difficulties going on in the world. People still, though, they want to know how they can do better. Mm -hmm. They want to know when they are doing well. So just maintaining that constant communication. Do you have a favorite book on self-development? Oh, I do. What is it? I do. It's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a Covey nerd. I love it. Um, I used to teach that for 12 years and absolutely love um, all of the principles that go into making up the seven habits. Well, the seven habits all kind of work together. Uh, they do. They, they enhance one another. But do you have a particular habit that you're like, oh, I do that the best or I think that's the one oh, that 
it. That if you don't do anything <laughs> else, do that one. Begin with the end in mind. I always try to, um, which is habit three, I really try to think about how do I want the end of this thing to come out? How do I want the, uh, the end of this conversation to turn out, the project to turn out, whatever it is. And then I align the resources, my time, my energy, money, whatever it is, toward that particular path. Um, focusing on what I want the end to look like. That's awesome. I'm so, not. I'm not the best at it, though. I mean, right? I'm. It's a. It's a work in progress. Everything's a work in progress, <laughs> no doubt. I yeah. can read those books over and over yes. again, and every time I'm like, something oh, there's new. something yes. new. Yeah, every time, no doubt. That's awesome. And you're not getting any royalties for that. So no, nothing. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, we, believe it or not, are out of time for this part of of our series. But if you'll come back to us next week, um, we're going to talk more about employees. And we're actually going to play a game called uh, Human Resource Prices Right. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. All All right. right. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Crystal. I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Thanks for listening in this week on REA Audio. If you have any comments or suggestions for an upcoming episode, please let us know. Email Todd at reemployability.com. Also, please follow REA Audio on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out more content, including webinars, at listen to rea.com. Next week, we're going to finish up with Reemployability's Director of HR, Crystal Hunley, and see exactly why she puts the fun in human resources. When we play our version, version of HR Price is Right, hopefully giving you some insight into how to improve your productivity and culture at your office. I just got to figure out how to get that giant wheel in my office. I guess I'll probably have to take the door.